following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Well, once again, uh, welcome Artisan, welcome Baber. It is so great to be together this morning. And uh, I have been looking forward to this day for a long time. And uh, I've been literally waking up in the middle of the night this week just excited for this day and uh, everything that's going to happen. And uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about is to hear uh, Pastor Simmons bring a message from the Word. Uh, and so uh, those of you at Baber know him as Pastor. Correct? Now, you support him, right, in his ministry? <laughs> he tells me this. Um, yeah, uh, it is such a delight and an honor for me to uh, say to you, my brother, welcome, Reverend James C. Simmons to Artisan Church. Would you come forward now and uh, share with us from the Word of God? And let the church say amen. Amen. And let the people of God say praise the Lord. Lord. And let the church say amen. Amen. And let the people of God shout praise the Lord. Let the people of God say amen. Amen. And if the Lord's been good to you, if he's blessed you, if he's brought you through anything or over anything, you ought to take a moment and just give God's name some praise, glory, and honor. For the Lord our God, he is good. And he is worthy to be praised. Um, Each and every week at Baber, we reaffirm that which we believe. And one of the things that we state in our affirmation of faith is that we believe in the church universal. And each year when we come together, this is a visible reminder that we are the church universal. That even though there might be different names on the front sign, we're all the same under the bloodstained banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. Might sing stuff a little bit different but you can feel the spirit either way it's sung. And so we thank God that we're able to be present in this sacred place where the word of God is preached, where the sacraments are celebrated, and where people's lives are transformed for the better. I'm so glad to be here really with my friend, uh, with our pastor. Can we give Pastor Scott Austin a big hand and thank God for his service to the kingdom of God? Pastor has a tremendous heart, a heart for ministry and a passion for God. And that's something that you ought not take lightly. Uh, These occurrences and instances don't happen all the time, but it only happens when you have a pastor in place that has a great heart. And so we thank God for his heart. Um, We thank God for every time we go to eat. Um, Even when we eat at Aladdin's where you never take your wife, We give God's name praise, glory, (laughs) and honor. Um, We thank God for everything that has proceeded and um, for everything that has brought us to this place. Um, I thank uh, Brother Brian and the youth choir for leading us in song. Amen. Um, Amen. Thank Brother Frederick and Brother Kevin uh, for leading us as well. And, And I'm always joyful to hear um, the artisan band um, lead us in song. Amen. When we get back one of these Sundays, we're going to try to sing What a Fellowship that way too. Amen. Y'all going to have to come and help us um, make that happen. 
I, I don't intend to bore you along. Um, uh, Pastor has shared with me that um, we are in the celebration of how long? Ten years? We're in the celebration of ten years of service to God and to humankind. And that's something to celebrate and something to be thankful for. Um, and I understand um, the past few weeks that you have been exploring and looking at the whole concept of an awesome God standing in awe of our awesome God that when I just think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us, I'm in awe. Um, whenever I look at God's creation, when I look at the beauty of the rolling skies, mountains and skies and Hear the rolling thunder. Ain't that what a hymnologist said? Oh, Lord, my God, when I stand in awesome wonder of all thy wondrous works, thy hands have made. Yeah, that is a hymn. I say, how great thou art. And I stand in awe of an awesome God. And I comprehend that in the weeks going forward, we're looking at justice. Right. We're looking at um, justice because we serve a God of justice. A God of redemption, a God of freedom, a God of liberation, a God of uh, community. Um, and so we move forward looking how we're going to go in the next few years into justice. Um, I'm part of a denomination where social justice is within our DNA. Um, matter of fact, uh, the, the first civil rights movement in the United States of America was led by the AME Church um, by a man named Richard Allen who in 1787, in the same year, the same time that the United States Constitution was being written, uh, he was subjected to second-class citizenship, second-class treatment uh, in St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And when he was relegated to the balcony and told that he could not worship on the floor with everyone else, walked out of St. George's, started his own church under his own vine and fig tree, because he refused to be treated as less than the human that God created him to be. It, it, it's within our DNA. So 1787. Uh, you, you hear things like um, Rosa Parks, who was an AME deaconess. You hear of cases such as Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, the Reverend Oliver Brown, pastor of St. Mark AME Church in Topeka, Kansas. You hear of our legacy so often, and I sometimes forget that that is not the same narrative that everyone shares in the world. Um, that, that some people look at the gospel in a much different way. Um, and, and so, I think on today, hello Reverend Wynn, I think on today, <laughs> um, I think on today we're we're going to look more on the social justice avenue, if we can. Amen? Amen. Um, let me say two things before we lift our text. Uh, that was read excellently earlier by two young people. They didn't do an excellent job. Um, I, I, I just want to say that I did, um, baby knows I'm dressed down. This was me meeting the pastor in the middle. <laughs> and uh, and um, 
we're always, we celebrate when we come um, because we're able to worship in different manners and different styles. And uh, one thing that's always so different is that um, we, we have the ability to eat in the sanctuary. And... Um, pastor said that people are going to ask me when we get back to Babel if we can do this. <laughs> so I'll tell you no up front. <laughs> so you don't have to ask. Where's Sister Lisa? Sister Lisa, stand up. Sister Lisa, go ahead, stand up. Now, the last time we were here, Sister Lisa told me, when in Rome, you do like the Romans. But what happened to Sister Lisa is she put down her food on her chair to give God some praise. And she forgot she put it on the seat. (laughs) So keep on doing like the Romans. (laughs) Amen. In our worship tradition, we, we, we flow on something called call and response. And so if you hear something in the sermon that sounds good to you, something that agrees with your spirit, then feel free to shout amen or hallelujah or uh, that's right. Sister Brooks was here. She often says, preach, preach. <laughs> if, if something steps on your toes, it's all right to say ouch. Um, but um, don't, don't, it, won't, it won't bother me if you talk back to me in the sermon. Matter of fact, it helps me preach. Um, if you, talk, you ever been to school and, you know, a teacher looks for some type of affirmation that you've understood the concept that's trying to be taught? And, and if you don't understand it, if there's no type of confirmation, head nod or something, the teacher just talks even longer? <laughs> if you talk back to me, I'll be a tad bit shorter. Amen. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Our text today that was read, um, read so well earlier was Ephesians chapter 6, um, verses 10 through 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Um, and the New International Version, that's page 592 in the Red Bibles. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12 I believe it states these words Um, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, 
against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. One more time for the Holy Ghost and because some people are still looking for it. (laughs) Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. But it's against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. I'm I'm, I'm utilizing all three verses, but I want to focus on verse 11. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand in the King James Version against the wiles of the enemy. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. If you can, find somebody on either your left or your right. Find somebody. Look at them eyeball to eyeball. Find somebody. Find somebody. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them closely. First thing I want you to do is I want you to introduce yourself. If you've sat beside them all worship and have not introduced yourself, introduce yourself to them. Now I want you to repeat after me to that person that you're looking at. I want you to repeat after me uh, the title of today's sermon. I want you to tell them, neighbor, Neighbor. old neighbor, neighbor. it's time time to take a stand. stand. Come on, find somebody on the other side. Find somebody. Look at them eyeball to eyeball. Find them, find them, find them, find them. Look at them. Look at them. Community starts in church. You can't look at somebody here. You in trouble out there. Say to him, neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, neighbor. it's time time. to take a stand. Now I want you to take your arms, wrap them around yourself, take your arms, give yourself a big hug, and I want you to say, self, oh self, oh self, you got to do it just like me, oh self, it's time to take a stand. Amen. That's what we want to preach on today. It's time to take a stand. Come on, let us pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. And dear Lord, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. And Lord, let my will be lost in thine. Dear Lord, help me preach. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Beloved hearts, in Ephesians chapter 6, readers are exhorted to stand armed and prepared to combat the demonic and supernatural forces that control this world. Ephesians chapter 6 teaches you and it teaches me that Satan often schemes and plots and often operates in this world. 
For example, the terms rulers and authorities used in verse 11 can also be found in texts like Colossians 2 and 5, Romans chapter 13, and Titus chapter 3. And in each instance, these two terms, rulers and authorities, refer to the present political structure. In other words, this text teaches you and me that Satan is so shrewd that he often operates in the present political structure. He often operates in this dark world. Satan is so shrewd that he operates in policies, practices, and procedures. He's so shrewd that he often operates in boardrooms, council chambers, and executive suites. He's so shrewd that he often operates in resolutions, regulations, bills, and laws. He's so shrewd that he operates in institutions that impose negative conditions on certain people, places, and things. He's so shrewd that he often operates with legal expertise. And he's often known as either Jim Crow the Third Esquire or even sometimes as male chauvinism. Satan is so shrewd that the old folks used to say it like this. The devil is in the details. Satan is more than someone who masquerades in a red suit. He's more than someone with horns and a pitchfork. And he's more than a mere figment of our imagination. But Satan is an astute and clever mastermind that schemes and plots and operates in the present cosmos, even in places like Rochester in Monroe County. He's a mastermind that operates in school discipline policies where one race is punished as much higher rates than the others. He's a mastermind that operates in institutions that still compensate women less than men for the same work. He's a mastermind that operates in bank practices where some people are denied mortgages twice as much as other people that earn the exact same pay as was mentioned in the other week's DNC. He's a mastermind that operates in police departments that associate crime with certain races despite the fact that people of all races commit crime at the same rate. Uh, He's a mastermind that operates in the prison industrial complex that makes profits on incarcerations uh, so much so that a judge was sentenced on Friday for taking bribes from developers of juvenile detention centers. He's a mastermind that transforms one made in the image of God into a white supremacist that murders nine people in Mother Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Satan is an astute and clever mastermind that often schemes and plots and operates in the present cosmos. I think that's why 1 Peter 5 and 8 states, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion just seeking someone to devour. I think that's why 2 Corinthians states that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. I think that's why George Heath once penned, my soul be on thy guard. 10,000 foes arise and a host of sin are pressing hard to draw you from the sky because Satan is an astute and clever mastermind that operates in our community. 
in response to Satan's tactical shrewdness and ingenuous deception, Ephesians chapter 6 exhorts readers to stand armed and prepared to combat the demonic and supernatural forces that control this world. Because the match between God's kingdom and the cosmic powers of this present darkness continues even in the day of our text. Someone in chains, someone imprisoned, according to verse 20, pins Ephesians chapter 6 to call the church into action. In other words, the author of our text, even though he's in chains, even though he's in prison, even though his life is on the line, the author of our text takes a stand. And in the same manner, you and I are also called to take a stand against the demonic and supernatural forces uh, that control this world. Uh, You and I are called to combat Satan and his henchmen that often scheme and plot and operate in the present cosmos. Uh, You and I are also called to declare war on the enemy uh, and the enemy's ways. Uh, Just like Moses told Pharaoh to let my people go. You and I are also called uh, to take a stand. Uh, Just like Amos cried, let justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Uh, You and I are called uh, to take a stand. Uh, Just like Richard Allen refused to sit in second class seats and started his own denomination, the AME Church, you and I are also called uh, to take a stand. Uh, Just like Martin Luther King, A. Philip Randolph, Baynard Rustin, and so many others that organized and marched. You and I are called to take a stand. Just like Thurgood Marshall and the NAACP challenged separate but equal. You and I are also called to take a stand. Just like Rosa Parks refused to move to the back of the bus. You and I are also called to take a stand. Just like so many people in this room that refuse to be treated like second class citizens. You and I are also called uh, to take a stand. Uh, So can I just challenge somebody that's up in this room right now? Uh, Can I just challenge you to do one simple thing? Uh, Can I challenge you just to take uh, a stand? Meet with elected officials, write newspaper editorials, attend school board and council meetings, cast your vote in the next election, but just make sure uh, that you take a stand. Uh, Join organizations that make a difference. Pick up your telephone or send an email. Work on campaigns of people that share your view. Express how you feel on social media, but just make sure uh, that you take a stand. Uh, Encourage others to get involved. Make sure that your voice is heard. Speak truth to power. Uh, Matter of fact, speak the truth even if your voice shakes but just make sure that you take a stand and is there anybody up in this room today that's determined to leave out of this place and to take a stand (laughs) 
take a stand because pretending as if something does not exist will not uh, make it go away. Uh, take a stand because burying one's hand in the sand will not make the issue disappear. Uh, take a stand because if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. Uh, take a stand because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Uh, take a stand uh, because if my people uh, who are called by my name, uh, they'll humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then he'll hear from heaven uh, and he will heal the land. Uh, take a stand. Well, I got one more brief thing to say. I, I need to share just one more brief thing. Just in case there's someone in this room today that thinks it is impossible to combat the demonic and supernatural forces that control this world. Uh, just in case there's somebody in this room that says that the issues are too large for me to take a stand. The problems are too massive to take a stand. The problems are too thick and dense and tense for me to take a stand. Let me just share one more thing uh, just in case you think that you can't make a difference in this world. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 teaches teaches you and I Ephesians chapter 1 tells you and I that on the cross that at Calvary that on Golgotha's hill that God in Jesus Christ triumphed over the powers that were at work in the world. Ephesians chapter 1 teaches that when Jesus hung his head and died when he went down to the barrel tomb and when he got back up on the third day mountain that he got up with all power in his hands and he already defeated the enemy. So when Ephesians chapter 6 starts with be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter 6 is just reminding you and me that we already have the victory. It's just reminding us that Satan is already defeated. It's just reminding us that Satan has no power. It's just reminding us that he's under my feet. Hallelujah. So I just come to tell somebody that victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind. Victory. Victory. Victory is mine. So put on the full armor of God. And take your stand so that you can defeat the devil and his schemes. I may have mentioned last week that Pastor Simmons would bring the roof down <laughs> when he came here this morning. And there's a reason why we only do this once per year. <laughs> because I wouldn't want <laughs> the entire congregation of Artisan Church to go down the street <laughs> and hear that 
kind of preaching every week and let me be standing here by myself. But dear God, we must not just consider this a chance to be entertained. Pastor can preach. Yes. I bet if we were having a contest about this kind of thing, he would win some of the contests. But I don't actually care about that. And I know he doesn't either. Because it is the conviction that he brings that really matters. And that is why we are so thankful to have had you here today. Pastor Simmons, thank you so much. Now, when you hear the word taught and proclaimed and your spirit is stirring, the response of the church has always been, and at Artisan it always is, to come to the table of the Lord. And so now, I want to invite all of you, those of you from Artisan, those of you from Baber, those who are visiting today and don't know what you just walked into, (laughs) that the table of the Lord is open for you. See, you cannot go and live this kind of life on your own. You can't do it on your own power. It's like trying to run a marathon with no carbohydrates. <laughs> John Wesley called the sacrament of communion food for our souls. And this is the strengthening grace provided to us by Jesus. And our table is open. Anyone here who is seeking to follow Jesus in this place, regardless of whether you think you're good enough, and actually especially if you think you're not, is welcome to come to this table. We practice intinction. And you can just dip a piece of the bread, remembering Christ's body, broken for you, into one of the cups. We have three stations here. Each has wine and juice. I encourage you to use the one that would be most appropriate for you and your family. And receive in your body the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we take communion together, we will sing a couple more songs. The first one is called Carried to the Table. You may not feel strong enough to even take that first step. And the good news is that the grace of Jesus carries you even to the table. Now, if you're a person who would like to receive prayer, our prayer team usually meets here under the cross. There might be a little bit of room. If you have an an urgent need that you'd like someone to pray for you about, you can come up there. Um, You can also let us know of your prayer needs in the usual ways with the, with the comment cards or via email. Or just speak to one of us uh, at the end of the service today. However the Spirit may have stirred you so far this morning, I encourage you and exhort you to respond. Our table is open. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.